0: Hey everyone, Zach Dixon here, and welcome to our 49th episode of Animalators, Curious Conversations from the World of Animation. Today on the show we have Ross Plasco, a director, writer, and character animator in London. Ross has worked with a ton of incredible studios and directors, including Animate and Moth Collective, and is currently working on an animated show that he's writing and directing called Meat Mysteries. We'll talk about the transition from full-time to freelance, and we'll talk a lot about his cartoon, which is releasing at the end of the month. Uh, Ross posted a short teaser of the episode online, so I recommend checking that out before we get going. I'm excited to get into all of this and more on this week's episode of Animalators. Well, Ross, thanks so much for coming on the show.
1: It's very nice to be here.
0: Well, we, we've got lots to talk about. I mean, you've had an incredible freelance career thus far, but I, I want to start actually with a very big and I think exciting personal project of yours called Meat Mysteries. So for, for someone who, you know, just coming in, no idea what Meat Mysteries is, could you tell us a little bit
1: about it? It's a cartoon animated in After Effects. It's very joke-heavy, because uh, I feel like a, a lot of cartoons these days... Oh, no, I'm instantly being bitchy.
0: <laughs> no, 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 you're
1: fine. You're I feel great. like there's not as much... I Okay, so I grew up watching The Simpsons. Okay. Basically, every day, over and over again, the same three VHS tapes. So it was the same, like, nine episodes of The Simpsons. <laughs>
0: okay. What seasons?
1: Ah... Uh. It was the X Files ones.
0: Oh, okay. Uh,
1: and who shot Mister Burns? That season, I, I think it was like six or seven, maybe. I, I really don't know. It's been so long, but I always felt like um, there was less and less emphasis on like jokes in cartoons, and and making you like laugh out loud, and it, and it started going into more. I just feel like there should be more jokes in cartoons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, Meat Mysteries is just very very joke heavy, and it's very very simple animation. Because uh, I wanted to get quite a lot done, and I knew that if it was just going to be me animating it. Because I, did, I didn't have the money to pay uh, other animators. So they have no arms or legs or limbs of any kind, and they're just floating bits of meat. Actually, it started with real bits of meat, because I wanted to make a, a, a short cartoon. Uh, this was back when I really couldn't animate like at all. This was before I went freelance. And uh, I just wrote this little script about this crazy detective and he hates, he's, he's very racist and, and misogynistic. And uh, at the time I found it funny. Uh, I probably wouldn't use any of those jokes anymore though. And uh, it was real bits of me and I filmed it with a camera and I got my friend Tim with plastic gloves on to hold real stakes. And I put pins in the stakes to, to, to motion track some eyes and mouths onto it. And I, I, I formed a story out of that. It's on YouTube. It's uh... Oh, wow.
0: Okay. So this story has kind of been unfolding for a while then?
1: Yeah. It's not a s- serial. It's just I have a long list of jokes that I've written yeah. down. Like I've heard my friends say funny things. If I hear anyone say anything funny, I'll write it down. And then I'll make a story from that. Yeah. I don't start with like a story idea. Okay. Because I, I would get very bored very easily with the. Just a story idea and no jokes. So I have to start with the jokes, most of Yeah.
0: So I mean, I, I watched the the teasers on online right now, which is hilarious. Um, and it's always, I I think now from hearing your voice, are all the voices you?
1: Yeah,
0: it's all me. <laughs> nice. Is that something that you've done before? A lot of voice acting.
1: Not really, no, no. Nice. Just for a few cartoons, yeah, yeah, uh, on YouTube. But I don't, I don't like them anymore. <laughs> Not just <laughs> okay. me making uh, Meat Mysteries, by the way. There, I, I have two background artists. Okay. The thing I was dreading most. I really want Meat Mysteries to look like it was made, like it's already made. So if, say, a company sees it, they're like, "Oh, it looks like a show." You know, they don't have to imagine what it would look like if it was a show and made by professionals. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, how long is Meat Mysteries? Like, how, how much total animation have you done so far?
1: It's about four minutes. It was meant to be six minutes, but I ha- I've had this final scene that I've been working on for months, and I've ju- I've I've basically given up on it now. And I think that if I just just finish it where it is at four minutes, it it might be enough to maybe send off to. I don't know who I have no contacts, but (laughs) it's enough to send to someone and be like, this is what four minutes of this show would look like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And has that kind of been your goal um, for a while now to essentially make a pilot and then do a show?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, that would be great if I, if I was like a a writer in a writer's room and I had a bunch of funny people sitting around and we're all just making jokes all day, that would be great.
0: So writing's the end goal, not necessarily uh, animating a show?
1: Um, I don't really know. Uh, <laughs>
0: Maybe a little both?
1: I do like, I like both. Yeah. I don't particularly like animating meat mysteries, though, because uh, there's no limbs. Yeah. So that's not fun. It's hard to find creative ways of making a character with no limbs move in an interesting way, which is why yeah. I always have the anime cutscenes or the,
0: cut, the, the um, shots yeah. that go to hands and feet. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about the animation. I mean, it's all done in After Effects. Is, is there a reason that you decided to do that instead of um, maybe a different software that, that is maybe a bit more suited for television?
1: Uh, the main reason is I don't know any other software apart from After Effects. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's it. What have you been using? Have you been using anything like rig-wise for the faces and things like that, or did you design something custom?
1: I just um, it's it's all just drawn layers and um, nulls and parenting. Yeah, it's custom. It's custom. The, the okay. short answer is it's custom.
0: Before we were talking, you said you've been working on this for for over a year now, um, which is amazing. I mean, it's a lot of time. Um, I'm sure in between lots of freelance work. Uh, so, could you talk a little bit about that? Was that mostly like after hours burn, or you know, did did you clear out some some scheduled time to to make it?
1: I took a month off last October to do it, uh, and I finished a quarter of it. And then at the end of that month, I realized that I hated everything that I had done. (laughs) And I completely deleted that entire month's work. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. But at the end of that, the the character designs have moved on, and they got to a better point. Like The concept looked a lot better at the end of that month, and I worked out also how I was going to animate it. So it was of benefit.
0: Yeah. How did you know to kill it? Because I feel like that can be really tough. You work on something for a while and I don't know, you you grow attached to it.
1: I feel like because it took so long to write it, that by the time that that animation month was over, I was really tired of the jokes. And I think maybe I deleted it because of the jokes mainly.
0: And did that not happen this time around?
1: I think I've, been doing shorter bursts so maybe i was only working two weeks at a time when i could spare two weeks and and hopefully the writing has got better i i don't feel like i'm sick of it yet
0: yeah because that's i mean i think that's a tough thing when you're animating anything i mean you know maybe the joke you know came to you in an instant but then you know it takes you many 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 nights to animate that joke and you hear it probably a thousand times
1: Mm. And I always try to reassure myself by um, watching one joke in Family Guy over and over and over again <laughs> that I laughed at. And I was like, ah, oh, ah. Oh, cool. oh,
0: yeah. Okay, so let's let's jump back a bit in time. I understand that you went to school for architecture. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about that and, and what made you decide to switch over to animation?
1: Yeah, I went to university in Portsmouth and I did architecture, a year of architecture, and um, I, d- I just didn't like it. And I, I did actually have a friend who was doing animation and it just looked a lot better. So uh, on the last day of my exams, I, I, uh, I didn't turn up to exams because I was switching courses to animation. Oh, wow. How
0: did um, kind of friends and family take the news of that switch?
1: I was dreading telling my parents that I would switched from architecture. Because my dad is into buildings, he's a surveyor, so I thought that he thought that architecture would have been like a safe job to go into. And uh, when I called up, I think it must have been my mum, and she was just like, "Look, you you've done it now. You have to do what you're going to do. I wouldn't want you to be an architect if you found it really boring." And I was just like, "Oh, thanks God! Like, wow!" it really unexpected. Like I was expecting to get shouted at, but I think because I prefaced it with, listen, I've changed my course. Then they knew that they couldn't do anything about it. And then I explained, look, I, I really didn't like it. So that backed it up.
0: What was kind of your mindset at that point? Were you thinking like, you know, I'm going to work in advertising. I'm going to work in television or film.
1: I really wasn't thinking about anything. I didn't even know what kind of animation I wanted to do. Uh, I'd never really thought about it. Really? Yeah.
0: Interesting. So after school, um, you know, you're coming out with, um, I guess, an animation degree at that point? Yeah. Did you go ahead and look for studio work in advertising? Kind of what was your mindset coming out of school?
1: There was a book that we were given at the end of university, and it had. It was a very thick book, and it had a list of every single advertising agency and animation uh, studio in London and I opened it up to the first page to call and I called the (laughs) first number because this company that I worked for my first job, 12 foot six. So it was literally the number 12. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, called it and I got, got the job.
0: That's amazing.
1: And I didn't even have a show reel or anything.
0: Do you ever wonder what would have happened if you started from the back of the book instead?
1: Then I would have worked at, uh, Zebra. Okay. I don't even know if that's a real studio. I don't I was trying to think of a funny joke, but no.
0: So 12 foot six was that, um, yeah, tell us about that time that you you spent full time.
1: I think they wanted someone to train, they wanted someone who knew nothing. So uh, I'd never touched After Effects before. Oh, wow. And uh, they had this little YouTube series called Dog Judo, and it was entirely After Effects. And I just started out in Photoshop layering up the characters who were all um, like edited photographs uh, and then animated in After Effects. And I slowly, slowly learned After Effects.
0: Okay. How big was the shop? The studio? Yeah.
1: Oh, I guess it was. Yeah. It's like a medium sized studio back when I worked there. They had two floors, maybe uh, 15 people. Okay. Yeah. But they're gone now.
0: This is kind of where you learned After Effects then?
1: Yeah, uh, there's a guy called Andrew Kelleher and he directed and made Dog Judo, he created it and uh, he he basically taught me everything that I used back then and then when I went into freelance I, I realised that everyone's using paths and strokes and all of this stuff and I had no idea about it because the whole time I was at 12 foot 6 we were just uh, animating photos and, and Photoshop layers and stuff but since then I've been doing completely different stuff
0: so uh, you, you spent i think a couple of years there right what what was next after 12 foot
1: 6 12 foot 6 uh the company split in half there was two directors and one of them formed both of them formed their own companies and i, I was only taken along with one and i ended up doing really uh menial work uh, that i i didn't actually uh, enjoy very much this is there was less and less characters for me to animate in that company up until the point where I quit and decided that I wanted to learn how to animate characters in in the newest way possible, which was three D animation.
0: Okay, so like, what what type of stuff were you doing at that point in three D animation?
1: Uh, when I went to Denmark, yeah, yeah. So I, I went to Denmark to the Animation Workshop professional course for three and a half months, and we, it was they just built us from the ground up, like rigging and then animation. It was really good. I feel like I came out a way better animator than when I went in. I feel like I I knew nothing when I went in.
0: So, and and your thesis project, right, was uh, a short film called Suicide, um, which I think uh, turned out great. Could you talk a little bit about that?
1: That wasn't a thesis project. That was just something oh. that I was doing. At, like the the whole course was three D, and that was just an After Effects. That was just what I was doing in my spare time.
0: Oh no way! Okay.
1: Because I realized that I I, I just. I had all these evenings spare. You're out there in Vibor in or Viborg or Viborg, <laughs> in, in Denmark. You have literally nothing to do, um, and people are really dedicated. Like like people were like just at their desks until like four a.m. Oh wow! It was crazy. Yeah, I felt like I was learning a lot during the day with the 3D animation. So I just made that when I was free.
0: Yeah, I mean, looking at your work now, I mean, you haven't been doing too much 3d work so why that kind of shift um from 2d to 3d
1: i've been doing zero 3d work because when i got back when i got back from uh denmark i lived with my parents and i was applying for a few weeks to all of the 3d houses in in london and there's a bunch and uh, i never got responses from anyone literally no one not one place and so oh this is where i started freelance i got This tweet or this message on Twitter from this guy who said that he'd recommended me um, to a director for this job that came up. And then uh, I got an email and it said, hey, do you want to do two weeks freelance work uh, in After Effects, After Effects character animation? And I was like, oh, I might as well do this in the meantime whilst I'm waiting for responses for 3D work. And then that guy ended up being Greg Gunn. My first ever freelance job, and it was remote, obviously, because he's in L.A. And uh, I didn't even—I know who he was or anything, and, uh, and I just uh, animated for two weeks. And then after those two weeks, I got offered some more work, and then some more work, and more work. And, and, and eventually, I forgot about 3D character animation.
0: Okay, so, so your transition from full-time to freelance was kind of just, I don't know, did you almost just kind of stumble into it? Yeah. Interesting. So were you, can you talk a little bit more about that transition? Were you, were you able to kind of like, because of that, maybe avoid a lot of the anxiety that, that a lot of people have, you know, jumping into freelance?
1: I feel like the anxiety in London is, is, um, when you quit your job, but you, you feel like to go freelance, you, it's very hard to have a full-time job and then take on freelance work because then you have to do it in the evening and that would destroy people's social lives and lives, they no spare time, or, uh, and, th- and then when you eventually quit your job, if you don't have a good amount of work, freelance work coming in, you quit your job and suddenly you have very expensive rent to pay in London, that's what scares most people, they have to pay rent, and luckily for me, uh, my parents live in Essex, which is next to London, if they didn't live in Essex and I couldn't like live at their house for a year, then I probably wouldn't have been able to go yeah. freelance.
0: So, I mean, you you've worked with, I mean, you just said Greg Gunn, but you've also worked with Moth and some other some other friends of the show, uh, B Grandinetti and Animade. Um So it all started with with Greg Gunn. Um, but how have you been able to uh, continue to get jobs and and continue to form those
1: relationships? Soon after the Greg Gunn job, I got offered uh, a couple weeks' work at Art and & Graft. And I still knew no one in London. Uh, so it was my first job where I actually went into an actual studio. I didn't, I've never heard of Art & Graft. I never heard of anyone, really, at that point.
0: except for, How did you get connected with them?
1: I have no idea. Really? I really think it's all to do with Twitter. I okay. Feel like it started wow. by, I got the Greg Gunn job through Twitter. And then everything that you make, you just put on Twitter and I, I feel like Twitter is the only reason that I get jobs, except for recommendations. But it all started with Twitter. Anyway, so I went to this art and graph job for two weeks, and uh, I don't know anyone. And then this, I'm sat next to this guy, and um, I'm really out of my depth, and I have to use Illustrator. And I still don't know Illustrator. I don't know it. I hate it so much, which is why I use After Effects, because I, I just draw everything in After Effects. And I just turned to the guy next to me. and I was like, how do I use Illustrator? And he, and he taught me. He spent like a good half an hour just teaching me how to use Illustrator. And it got me through those two weeks. And it turned out that was Claudio Salaz. Oh, no way. So the first guy that I physically meet is like the most well-known freelancer in <laughs> London, which wow. was great.
0: Yeah, that is great. And so he, did he connect you with a lot of other studios?
1: I feel like when I was sat next to him, he was recommending me but I swear, he tried recommending me for a job, a flash job, and I had to turn him down because all I know is After Effects. Yeah. So people are super duper friendly if you can, uh, if they see your work and they like it and they feel like they can work with you, then then you'll most likely get recommendations because everyone's so nice in London.
0: So, do you have any tips for um, maybe someone looking to to leave a full time gig and head out into the world of freelance?
1: Definitely get Twitter. Definitely have a good reel uh, of all of your best stuff. And then just email. Work out the kind of work that you want to do. Like um, when I first went freelance, I, there was so much choice. There was motion graphics and character animation and uh, line-drawn animation and, and all of this stuff. And I just made the decision that I want to do character animation in After Effects, because I feel like motion graphics is now getting to such a point now where the actual motion graphics, they're amazing. People are doing such amazing things with them. But I felt like I hadn't seen much amazing stuff in, in After Effects. So I thought maybe there was a gap in the market for some character animators who use After Effects. So I started looking for studios that do char- great, like inspiring character animation in After Effects, and I found Animate.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, perfect.
1: So I just, every time there was like a tweet about an internship at Animate, I would email them. Every time there was a tweet about a job at Animate, I'd email them. And eventually, uh, I got offered freelance work.
0: That's great. I mean, I love that you, I think it's an interesting story about how you kind of, you know, actively pursued working with Animate. Um, What did you end up working with them on?
1: Uh, I worked on some stuff for IBM, a couple, maybe three or four, uh, short films for IBM. But the first time I turned up to animate, I wasn't even booked. Oh wow! Yeah, I was penciled in for <laughs> a couple of weeks, and because this is how new I was to freelance, I turned up and I wasn't booked. And Laura, the, one of the producers, I remember she told me, "You're, you're not booked. You're not meant to be here." And I was just <laughs> sat there like, "This is so embarrassing." <laughs> Like the, the place that I want to be at, they now think that I'm an idiot. And luckily they were all very, very nice. And they were just like, look, we're just going to put you on a job.
0: Wow. I love everyone over there at animated. They've been, they're also encouraging. It's wonderful. Knowing now what you do, you know, after two years of, of full-time freelance, um, is there anything that you could wish that you could go back and tell yourself when you were first starting out in freelance?
1: That is a very difficult question.
0: <laughs> I mean there's time travel involved, you know, I don't know if we're going to be sparking multiple timelines here, you know, but assuming we aren't.
1: My answer is going to sound really cheesy. <laughs> okay. But I feel like if I was to go back and tell myself something then, that would eliminate the process of learning that I've gone through.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. Well, what what types of things, what are some of those maybe lessons that you've you've learned along the way then?
1: I feel like all the lessons that you learn are, the main lessons that you learn are how to use the programs Mm -hmm. and character animation. But like with regards to like uh, interacting with people and um, getting new work, I'm still I'm still very bad at interacting with people. Like one, like face to face, I'm incredibly awkward.
0: Is a lot of your work like in house, or is a lot of it you working out of your own studio?
1: Most of it is working out of people's studios. Oh, really? I don't, I don't have a studio. I, all I have is my my living room. Yeah, and a standing desk made of a table and and a, a stool. Nice. That I put I put my laptop on it.
0: You spent a lot of time over the last year on, on a huge personal project. Do you ever struggle with, with burnout kind of amongst um, all of your freelance work and and your very ambitious personal projects?
1: I don't feel like I've ever had burnout until this week. Really? Yeah. Because I, I'm i just about to finish Meat Mysteries and I'm currently, I don't know whether or not I'm meant to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway, I'm currently doing two freelance jobs at the same time and I've never done two at the same time before but I'm going on holiday in a week so I uh, and people were asking and I just felt like I I should try and fit it in before I go on holiday yeah and it is turning out to be uh pretty it's a lot
0: yeah some long days yeah has that been like kind of a rule of yours over the years just not to take two jobs on at once
1: it was it literally was a rule I said I'm I want to dedicate my work. In fact, I tell people, look, I'm not going to take on other jobs. I'm dedicating myself to this job. I'm getting, you're going to get the best work. And I do feel like I do do my best work when I'm just dedicated. But luckily, these two jobs are only, there's, there's not that much work, to be honest. So that's why I felt like I could fit them in.
0: So let's talk about character animation for a little bit. What are some things that you've learned over the years that have really taken your character animation to the next level?
1: Oh, uh, That's very nice of you to say. Uh, there was a certain point very recently when I was working at Moth, all I'd done up until that point was tweening in After Effects and trying to make it look as good as possible. But there, at a certain point, you don't want it to look like it's done in After Effects anymore. Like, your job is to make it not look like it was done on a computer. Do you get me?
0: Oh, yeah. No, definitely.
1: So there was a certain point, a job we were doing for Facebook, and they were like, we want this to look like it was uh, hand-drawn. And, of course, you can do the posturized time and lower the frame rate and make it look like that. But there was a a bit where I said, no, I'm going to animate this whole thing on hold keyframes. Oh, wow. And so I have started doing that, and it's actually really a good way of learning new it's helped me a lot understanding animation having to animate on hold keyframes and there's no onion skin
0: oh wow that sounds incredibly difficult
1: but it's i feel like it is making me a better animator
0: interesting how so
1: because when things are being tweened a lot of the work is being done for you but if you're doing hold keyframes you have to think about every single frame and how everything uh, reacts with everything else. You have to know what you're going to do before you do it. And I never, I never know what I'm going to do before I do it. Like, I just experiment. And then, oh, the movement of the body looks good. OK, I'll move on to the, the left arm. OK, the movement of the left arm looks good. OK, I'll move on to the right arm. But when you're tweening, you have to you set a frame. It's just like drawing. You, you set a frame, a uh, key pose. And then you do an, another key pose, and then you have to do your key poses. Y- you can't like do just the body when you're animating uh, on on uh, hold keyframes. You have to do everything, get the poses right every frame.
0: So you said that you're not necessarily very comfortable in Illustrator. Do you do all of your character illustration and design in After Effects then?
1: Yeah, everything's done in After Effects. I rarely even sketch anymore. Really? I just draw in After Effects and then just push pixels around until I feel like it looks good.
0: So when you say draw, I mean, are you using like a Wacom
1: or anything? No, I just use uh, my trackpad. Okay, nice. I learned that from James Curran.
0: Really? I mean, he's mm. great. That's awesome. So just a lot of like pen tool essentially with, with the trackpad? Yeah. Very cool. Um. Okay, so Meat Mysteries comes out. Do you have a set release date for
1: that? It's meant to be Halloween.
0: Oh, okay. Hey, that's yeah. coming up. How are you feeling?
1: Uh, I just got backgrounds back from uh, Pencil Bandit, one of the two uh, background artists. Okay, there's two background artists. I should say the other one. Uh, there's two background artists, Ransomniac, who's Jake Ransom, and then Pencil Bandit, who's also amazing. And I just got back the, the, the backgrounds from Pencil Bandit that he did, and they look amazing. Oh, wow. so I'm feeling pretty good yeah and the, the short answer is I'm feeling
0: pretty good. That's great. I mean you know what's that that's a couple weeks away. you said you're going on going on holiday soon.
1: Mm, so I want to get it done before I go on holiday on Sunday, which is in uh, five days.
0: yeah. what's the release plan Are you just uh, throwing it on YouTube or are you um, I, I feel like I maybe saw you tweeting about maybe like advertising on YouTube
1: All yeah. right. I'm just going to put it on straight on YouTube, and then because I feel like YouTube is the best place to get the most views. Yeah, like I could stick it on Vimeo, but I don't have any subscribers on Vimeo.
0: Yeah, so I'm curious. Like right now, like I mean, this is something you put a lot of time into. Like what? Um, I don't know what would qualify as a successful release for you. Um, have you thought about that at all?
1: I feel like anything over half a million views would. Be successful in the eyes of a company that I'm sending it to. So, say I send it to a Cartoon Network. If it if it has half a million views, maybe they'll be like, "Okay, people seem to like this." You know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all I have to do is watch it a half a million times. I'll, you know, I'll I'll get started as soon as it comes out. So
1: no, it will take no less than one million. <laughs>
0: Wow. Okay. So, I mean, are you nervous at all for the release? Like, are you, are you feeling, like, just excited?
1: Um, I'm both excited and nervous because um, it's a bit subjective. People could not only say that the animation is rubbish because none of them have any limbs. People could just say that. They'll just dismiss it. How, it has no limbs. What is this? This is stupid. Or people could say, what is this? The writing is bad. Like, I... I'm not into it. So there's two ways people can dislike it. But at the same time, there's a lot of ways people could like it and think that maybe it's a little bit original. I feel like it is just a little bit original, how it, how because they have no limbs, it always cuts to little shots of anime hands and anime feet. I felt like that was probably the main original part of it, apart from them being pieces of meat.
0: Do you feel maybe any added pressure because it's it's all you i feel like sometimes when there's client work you know we we always have someone to blame right maybe if something doesn't doesn't go our way it's like ah well like you know the client wanted such and such or um yeah there wasn't time or there wasn't budget um but on something like this like for better or for worse you know it's it's all ross right
1: that is right that's it's very reassuring. Yes.
0: <laughs> no, I think but I think there's a good side to that too, right? I mean like there's you did it. Like it is it is your film. It is great because you made it. So like could you talk maybe about that little bit of that um, you know, pros and cons?
1: Because I did all of it except for the backgrounds. I animated and I voice acted. I feel like I might be able to get other kinds of work out of it. Like maybe there's a potential for me to get voice acting work or there's a potential for oh, yeah. to get more animation work or maybe even a potential for directing work. And then maybe like 0.001% chance that there's a potential that someone might even like Meet Mysteries and want to turn it into a series. I'm not that hopeful about that, to be honest, because there's just the likelihood of it happening that the person in charge of handing out massive amounts of money to people. I don't know whether or not he would go for something so silly.
0: Hey, but there's definitely a chance. I mean, I think it's hilarious. So I you You're a very nice man.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, we, we try and end each episode with the same few questions. So the first is, who is your dream client? If you could work for anyone.
1: Because I'm uh, just a character animator, my clients are technically the studios that I work for so my dream I would say my favorite studio to work at is Moth okay in London because they're they're all now my friends so it's it's very I would like I'd like to work there a bit more
0: all right next question your favorite animated film
1: I'm gonna say Akira okay it's off topic but I I have a little um a Duga from the Akira film which is the the pencil drawing that the animator did before it oh, wow. was copied onto uh, acetate and painted. I have that in a in a cupboard somewhere in my in my flat.
0: Oh wow! How did you get that? Like we're, Like an auction? eBay.
1: eBay, exactly. That's Yeah, great. and I feel like it's real because it has one of those real looking certificates. <laughs> nice. But I, I, I searched for the the exact frame in the film and I wow. I, I did find it. That's amazing. So I do feel like it's authentic. It, it looks pretty authentic.
0: So I, I have an addendum to this question as well. I am curious what um, I don't know what maybe your favorite animated series is, or, or ones that you've been enjoying recently.
1: Well, obviously it's Rick and Morty.
0: Obviously it's got who be.
1: doesn't like Rick and Morty? <laughs> it's got everything. Everything. It's got it's got heart. It's got jokes. It's got a great storyline and great characters. I'm bloody obsessed with Rick and Morty. It's so People great. say that Meat Mysteries looks a lot like Rick and Morty. Really. And I would say that it slightly does. I think I stole one of the mouth shapes okay. from Rick and Morty. But I, I, I didn't steal anything else.
0: I feel like the, the one mouth shape from Rick and Morty that's like the most iconic is like that like little like uh, when they're embarrassed or whatever and they get that like weird lip. I feel like it's not, oh, it's yeah. not that one. You know, I
1: think you're good. No, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't take that. No, It was the T shape. A T. Oh, a t. all right. It's like all right. flat, flat teeth. I really liked it. I wanted it. I took it.
0: <laughs> I don't know I think they're going to come after you. They own that shape, man. They own it. Whatever. <laughs> all right. Uh next question, what do the people you love think that you do for a living?
1: My girlfriend knows exactly what I do in nice. detail. Nice. Um some of my extended family think that I uh draw cartoons in newspapers.
0: Oh, all right. Do you draw cartoons in newspapers? Cuz that kind of sounds fun.
1: Uh it would be fun. That that would be great. <laughs> I wouldn't mind doing that. Yeah, I also wouldn't mind making games.
0: Oh yeah, you got to do that after after Meat Mysteries, you know. Make a That's game. exactly
1: what I'm going to do. I'm going to go on holiday and then I'm going to come back and take December off of work and try and work out how to make a game.
0: You know, I did that once, and then three years later. I'm finally gonna release a game. So you know, but I thought it was gonna be like, you know, a six month thing. So just just be careful in that regard. It's just oh, very, wow. very time consuming.
1: What program are you using? Did you create the did you create the game? Is it your game?
0: Yeah. So I mean it's, it's our Studios is, is coming out with a game. It's called Bouncy Smash. Um made it in Unity. I learned to code, all that good stuff. So Wow. Yeah. So if you need any uh any tips or anything, I can at the very least point you to the places where I learned from. So
1: Yes, please. Yeah. All of them.
0: Yeah, we'll have to. I should get more uh, game developers on here, but because um, man, that's that's a fascinating world. Like, there's just yeah. even just like the art side of it. Like, people doing some really great stuff. All right, last question: What animal did you choose for your animal later and why?
1: I've chosen a shark man. <laughs> uh, why? Because, like freelancers, sharks never stop moving forward. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, I love it. I love it. Ross, thanks so much for for coming on the show. It was great having you.
1: It was very nice to talk to you.
0: Animalators is created by the team at IV to keep up with the work we're doing at IV visit iv.studio or follow us on Twitter at identityvisuals. You can also follow Animalators on Twitter at Animalators to keep up with all of the new episodes. And be sure to check out Animalators.com to see every animation from all of our guests. Well, that's it for today's episode. Be sure and join us next time for another episode of Animalators. Curious conversations from the world of animation.